Welcome to Recovery Connections Podcast, the show that provides information about helping you in substance abuse treatment. For more information, please visit drughelp.info. Now, here are your hosts, Recovery Connection CEO Michael Breyer and Chief Clinical Director Greg Grouston. Welcome to Recovery Connections Podcast, where we look at substance abuse treatment out in society. I'm your host, Michael Breyer. I'm CEO of Recovery Connection. And next to me is my partner in crime, Greg Graustein, who's Chief Clinical Director for Recovery Connection. How are you doing, Greg? Doing well, Mike. So this is episode number two, or installment number two is, uh, we haven't decided, why isn't it, uh, whatever. Installment sounds like it's a loan payment or something like that. (laughs) Anyways, you should check out our library of prior podcasts and future podcasts because we're going to drop them all at the same time anyway, so there's going to be lots for you to look at. So if we reference something else, please take a look at another podcast that might give you the information that you're looking for. Today's topic is different types of help. If you've raised your hand, you've done the, what is it, the 10 million pound? 10,000 pound phone. 10,000 pound phone. You've made a call. The question you need to now decide is, are you going to go for inpatient treatment or outpatient treatment? And I I mean, let's define the terms. First of all, I mean, it should be basic to understand inpatient treatment means you go to a facility and you stay inside for a period of time. Outpatient means that you still stay out in the general population and you go and you see a provider from time to time. So I guess let's talk about the pros and cons of both of them and let's go down the rabbit hole, I guess, of the first one, which would be inpatient treatment. Inpatient treatment primarily has been the detox centers or the old drug drunk tank <laughs> and detox centers you've ended up like a Betty Ford center would a be Betty a- Fed, you've given yourself up to the idea I need help immediately I need to go into a full recovery facility that is going to have a ward or some type of medical advisors to check to make sure uh, that you're okay physically and as well as give you a step of an action median action plan medically so I guess the question would be what would I expect if I go into an inpatient treatment. So you get an immediate evaluation physically to make sure that your body is not in a shutdown and with nurses to do that immediately on top, when they stabilize that, then it's an evaluation to what type of, if it's an alcohol related or a combination of alcohol and other types of drugs dependencies to then identify to the doctors what type of course of treatment that is set in pl- immediate in place. Well, that sounds like, uh, almost sounds like I'm going to the spa and that they're going to do my nails and then do my hair and part, everything else. So is, is Part of the problem will be that if it's opiate related, that you're going to go into an opiate withdrawal and going to be having all those symptoms uh, in a high form, being throwing up chicken skin and dilation of the eyes to really feeling uncomfortable and there, the medical people can then help you with some medications that they would not be able to provide you in the community. They're able to provide you there to make it a little bit more comfortable in that withdrawal state. Once you've gone through that withdrawal state, then they can start evaluating what type of medication is going to assist you to regain your body to be more comfortable. Now, will all the rehab centers prescribe medication or are some of them prescribers and some of them are 
we're going to do this the hard way and put you into withdrawal and we're going to try to pull you out on the other side so that you ever never need to use any type of medication. The professional withdrawal hospitals, the professional Butler Hospital detox facilities have that capability of providing those medications. If you're going into an out a recovery facility that is... Uh, well, let, well, let's do it this way. I mean, I watch TV all the time. I, I mean, I probably watch too much TV, but that's a whole other addiction that I have. But I see all the time the guy, it's the young guy who's wearing the, the blue scrubs who always says, call me 1-800-ADDICTION mm -hmm. and I will help you out to get you to the right place. So is that the right place that I should be going to? And what should I expect if I do go to that place? If you have underlying medical conditions on top of your addiction, are you better off going into a hospital setting? If you have not as, as that type of threat, going into a facility that is more, they have housing for you, a community support counseling center, a, a calendar of events of the day, and then they have <laughs> nurse practitioners or nurses there to evaluate medically if you're okay and then you're in that kind of housing facility for your detox and recovery, those can be matching to you as well. And those can be short stays from a hospital standard, depending on the dependency, can be for a short period of time. What's, uh, what's a short, short time? period of time, if someone who's just on opiate issues that could be in for two or three days starting a buprenorphine treatment, if someone is an alcohol on top of it, alcohol, you need at least five days to make sure med medically and physically you're cleared, and that's uh, making sure you don't have, go into the DTs and have a medical withdrawal that can actually harm you and maybe kill you if you're not taken that way. And it also comes down to the insurances that you carry. Ah, <laughs> the secret sauce is the insurance so, companies. So by rule of thumb, the commercial insurances have a tendency. All right, so well, let, let's, do, let's do this. Right, so, let's, do the tendency well, let's define what a, so somebody's listening to this, they understand what is a commercial policy? What's an example of a commercial policy? Blue Cross, Edna, Cigna, United commercial plan. It would be, you'd understand what those are if you had it. Okay. If you have that commercial so, plan. and a good example of this is also those 26 and under who are still on mom and dad's mm -hmm. commercial plan at work, they still have the good. They have the solid, they the have stronger the insurances that can provide them access to facilities that are a little bit more private or independent. Now, is that a good thing or ne not necessarily? You might get a, a, a better meal. <laughs> it is it's the what is part of that facility they might have more more treatments or more a breadth of different types of responses but it doesn't mean that it's going to be any better or different okay so what is it that i always hear about a lot of these places that turn people in inpatient treatment these rehabs that you go to one treatment center and then they kind of you don't really get enough treatment, and then you have to go to another treatment sure. a rehab center. So like, a detox facility can make sure the body is reacted, they stabilize and start, and then they may refer out to a longer-term care plan to a facility that's a housing unit of just people in recovery. Okay. Or a group home, a recovery group home house, that it's that facility is going to be a sober, free, addiction, not addiction-free, but a commune of people fighting for recovery and that ha housing and that's also covered and that will also depending on your insurance which one you can go into and the affordability and there's a number of different levels of those housings in your community okay so 
I'm not a rich guy, so I don't have the cool, the good fancy insurance and I have a problem, but I have state Medicaid or I might have Medicare. Now, will any of these places say hello to me? Yes. So there is different types of how people actually open up their own housing to make it a recovery facility to having certain beds. It's like renting out, but they also can get support from the government to be able to house you. Is there higher end ones? Of course, because they, depending on your insurance, they will take more money from the insurance or able to provide you a better facility or, but there is those access to people with Medicaid as well to find recovery housing and supports outside of just that detox. Okay. So would I find as many for people who are on Medicare, Medicaid versus the commercial policy or... And is one, I'm assuming the commercial one would be better than having the state one or not necessarily? Not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. Um, and let's say you wanted to go to inpatient services. Where would you look for inpatient services? Usually there's someone, if you've gone into a detox, that uh, care coordinator is going to have that list to be able to provide you and then match your insurance to that. Okay, but I'm, I'm, I'm on the, okay, I'm sitting on the street right now. Oh, okay. I've got my cheap ass free phone that I got that has a little bit of Wi-Fi connection to it that I can go search it out. So how do I know where I should be going? Like uh, if I was in Rhode Island, I might think of first Anchor. of all going would you go to Anchor or would Anchor. you go to a place like a, a Butler Hospital first? Butler Hospital clearly is a professional group that's going to be able to provide you the access either in-house and or referral out to where somewhere else in the community. Okay. Anchor Peer Group is a facility in Rhode Island that's going to also access treatment, assist people with this recovery to find that facility in the community to help you out. The State Department of Health is probably one of the other accesses. If you Google that to saying recovery housing, the government website on whatever state you're in would be able to provide you a list of those types of housing as well. I didn't know that, actually. <laughs> I just learned something Well, new. the Department of Health is also going to make sure that facility is up and running correctly, too, that they're not manipulating tax dollars as Medicaid is paying. So that's where okay. to go to as well. All right. So let's say I don't want to be locked up for whatever, <laughs> four or five days or 30 days or whatever the rehab is. So I mm -hmm. guess my other choice would be outpatient treatment. Outpatient treatment. Okay. So, so here questions all the time, which is I have friends that have gone down both roads, which is the methadone route mm -hmm. and the suboxone buprenorphine route. Right. So what would I expect if I went for methadone? Usually the methadone route is a physician has made a referral to methadone where in the past, and that was the tool in their tool chest for a number of years for treat opiate dependency is methadone. So a number of doctors that would recognize a person had a problem would then say, you know what, I can't give you any more opiates. I need you to send you to methadone. All right, but they let's would say, refer let's the say... patient to methadone. Okay. The patient then con connects to a methadone facility. A methadone is to daily monitoring I got to go every day? Every morning. <laughs> at, at some facilities, it's 5 o'clock in the morning to, to 9 o'clock in the morning is dispensing your daily dose monitored of a dose of methadone, usually targeting between 60 and 120 milligrams of that orally taking. And it takes approximately 
almost a year of doing a daily dose before you're allowed to have take-homes. And then depending on your screens and being a good steward of following recovery treatment and maybe even speaking with a counselor once in a while there, that they would extend maybe a couple days of take-home even for the holidays. If you go on vacation, they won't even give you any and to go someplace. So it's, it can be a strong superstructure for support for some people. Sounds like you're in jail almost, you know, that it's, they're monitoring <laughs> your daily activities and, and, it, and well, we'll give you a day off. Or <laughs> and by history, this was our only way of treat, treating opiate-dependent patients, and it was that standard of care for all. And clearly it doesn't fit all. Now that we have other medications that can people can then on their own come. All right, so, but there was one other thing. You sure. said that normally a physician referred me to a methadone clinic. Now, let's say I don't have a physician. Mm -hmm. Where, how do I, can I still go get methadone treatment? Sure, you can go in on your own to a Kodak in Rhode Island or a number of uh, different types of methadone centers are in the state. So you don't need a referral anymore? No, any you longer. don't need a referral. But, okay, all right. Um, so, and, that means I got to go every day. That's a drag. Okay, so what's my other option? I know oh, I already know the answer to the question, but I'm still going to ask it as the host, which is, what would be the other option? So buprenorphine treatment, which is a daily visit to, not a daily visit, but a, a visit to a facility with a certified licensed provider of buprenorphine that is now for the sense of starting on medication that is first started usually on a week-to-week -week basis that you're visiting. All right, so I only have to go once a week. And what, why we're doing, why once a week is important is that you're establishing also supports by contacting the doctor and then connecting to the counselor inside to work on a treatment plan of recovery with you. Okay. And then with that week to week, it's an evaluation between the counselor and the doctor to extend those scripts for buprenorphine treatment to every other week to almost up to once a month. Okay. So... Now, first of all, for those of you who don't know what buprenorphine is, so we're going to talk about, this is like Kleenex in tissues. So Kleenex is the brand name and tissues are actually what it is that you blow your nose with. So this is the same thing with Suboxone and buprenorphine is the, actually the ingredient in Suboxone. Correct. So when we say Suboxone, we use that as the Kleenex to explain it because that most people have heard that term before, which is methadone and suboxone. They don't usually know buprenorphine. And if you want to spell buprenorphine, it's a tricky little <laughs> word to spell, actually. Those R's are really, you wouldn't think there. there's R's where you, where you find them. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. The point of the matter is that so you really have a choice of this methadone or suboxone buprenorphine to, to go down. Right. So how do I decide which one might be? A, I mean, obviously, I don't want to go every day. I mean, every day mm -hmm. sounds like hell to me. But why is it that some people then decide to go every day versus not going once a week sounds like a better deal? But I'm assuming it's not one size fits all. Right. There, There's a in addiction, there's a level of structure that needs to match the person to, to engage on daily. And when AA says, today's the day or work today only, it's the same kind of thing. Some patients may need that daily structure and that daily focus because of their past use that 
methadone may sit that sit them for a period of time for a while to be able to have them regain the structure in their life when they're in ca- such chaos. There's a number of patients that don't need that type of restricted environment or restrictive treatment that they can monitor themselves enough to be able to be put on buprenorphine because they're going to have to take it themselves unmonitored by someone standing over them watching them and take something in the morning. Okay. All right. So, yeah. I mean, I, I know personally which one I would prefer to take, obviously, <laughs> I, if I had a choice to go down one road versus the other. But, you know, I, obviously there is – there's a place out there when you're talking about substance abuse treatment for both of them to work hand in hand without actually one being, they're not fighting with each other really. They're really just trying to be as options out there as some people like one taste, some people like the, a different taste with sweet and sour, whichever one you might prefer. Well, it's also, it's not just the, the taste. It's a sense of matching the level of treatment that you need. There's from, methadone to oral buprenorphine to actually an injectable, a number of injectables that are actually coming out as well. That is an option for treatment. So do I get, do I get counseling treatment if I go to methadone? Yes. That's expected every day. Not not every time. No, No. by no means. So just every once in a while. Uh, It'd be, but if I go to a Suboxone clinic, I'm probably going to get treat. I'm going to probably get counseling every single time. Well, in ours, we would make sure that as part of the contract that you're coming through as you're seeing the doctor, you're also making connection with that counselor as well to work on that treatment plan and all the supports and connections that you need. Okay. And evaluate. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much. That's been installment number two of our podcast. Our phone number, 877-557-3155. Listen, we're only located in the New England area. If you're hearing this podcast or seeing our video, give us a call. Even if we're not in your area, we'll be more than happy to try to help you and find you the resources of whatever you need for your substance abuse treatment. Do not hesitate to call 877-557-3155. This is Michael. That's That's Greg. Greg. (laughs) We'll be back for another episode. Thank you. Thank you.